Welcome, everybody. We are back for another cold calling live. I guess that's what we call it here. Although this is not cold calling live, it's more about preparing for live cold calling. And today I got a, a very special guest. Uh, I've shared this in the past. I'll share it again publicly with everybody. There's only a few folks in the industry that I really, really, um, really, really uh, stand behind when it comes to their approach and, and focus to cold calling. We brought a few on in the past, and today we got another one. Mr. Jason Bay, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here, man. It's always fun jamming with you. I feel like I'm yeah. I'm like uh, talking to a, like you're like the mad scientist of of cold calling. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do focus on uh, I do focus on the data. You know, I'm very yep. data driven, and and I use that to drive my decisions. Where a lot of other folks tend to uh, be a little bit more subjective. You know, and yeah. what. Uh, what these sessions are about, what I'm excited about bringing you on today is that there's lots of different ways to approach outbound. Uh, everybody has um, their own best practices and, and approaches. And, and of course, what I like to do is, is learn about them and bring them to, to the world. I try them all myself. And as I've said over and over and over on this live show, that it's about trying to find something that you're confident with and then being consistent over time. And when you have that consistency and confidence, you can then start to get the data we're talking about to inform, hey, is this working or not? And is it me or is it the approach? And without that consistency and confidence, we're kind of out there scrambling. And so today, uh, for today's show, for those that are tuning in, we got kind of three sections. First of all, if you're uh, tuning in live, let us know where you're coming in from. Looks like we have some folks coming from Poland and Stockholm and Greenland and Seattle and Cape Town, South Africa. Look at all those continents even being represented. Here we go. Uh, let us know where you're calling in from or uh, coming in from. And uh, today we got Jason's going to share a little bit about his approach to uh, the top of the funnel, specifically cold calling. Um, all of you that are in here are going to love uh, his ideas around some unique ways to open a conversation as well as that transition statement. So he has a really great approach that's a little bit different than what we shared before. So take out your pens and pencils, write those down. You're going to want to take your notes today. Uh, and then we're going to Bring on some guests, as always, to uh, get some pitch feedback. So if anyone wants to be a victim, I mean, uh, a volunteer <laughs> to some feedback, uh, we've got Jason here to kind of hear your approach to a cold call and get some, some live coaching. And then we'll open it up for Q&A. So if you have questions throughout the show, make sure to chat them. Uh, Tim will capture those, and we'll leave the second or the last part of the show today to try to answer those live for you all. So without further ado, Jason. For those that don't know you, first of all, who is Jason Bay? Yeah, I, uh, that's a deep question. We could take that in a lot of angles. Uh, but, <laughs> but the the part that people actually want to hear, uh, I run a company called Outbound Squad, uh, where we have a mission to help sales reps and sales teams turn complete strangers into paying customers. So my entire career, starting from 19 years old, running a house painting business and having to go door to door. You know, to sell those to working in call centers and, and running and building call centers to now in the last six or seven years, more specifically tech. Uh, I love helping people with outbound. It's uh, one of the things that I think a lot of reps were tasked to do this thing and not really given much more direction than, hey, maybe here's a script or a couple of email templates, like get after it, dude, you know, kind of thing. So uh, what I really want to help folks do is, you know, relieve some of the anxiety that we have around this. And you used the word confidence earlier, which I, I really like that word. I think having a process, a very simple process with a few steps, like there's confidence that is gained from just yeah. going into the the gym, you know, so to speak, and knowing what yeah. the workout routine is going to be. So that's what I really love to help reps with. Amazing. And, and as you heard here, Jason has the real cold calling experience, for those of you who don't understand what cold calling used to be, it is the door knocking. You talk to some old schoolers, yeah. when you say cold calling, they think cold calling is door knocking, uh, all the way up to the inside sales uh, call center experience, which uh, is very different than some of the modern SDR world, right? Yeah. You're not given a lot of the freedom and flexibility that we hear today. Um, and, uh, and now he's working with lots of organizations uh, individuals and teams. Is that right, Jason? Your program is for teams and individuals? Yep. Yeah. So I work with sales teams at, you know, companies like Gong or a Medallia, um, and then all the way, you know, down to individual reps working at SMBs, doing enterprise and kind of everywhere in between. Uh, and the sort of the, the approach and the mindset 
uh, sort of behind this is that uh, I work with individuals and companies that believe in being proactive about filling their pipeline. And I think as we start to head into a recession, at least here in the United States, I don't know what the, <laughs> the rest of the world's looking like, um, the ability to proactively fill your pipeline, whether you're an SDR, obviously that's a job that you're being tasked to do full-time, but account executives too. I mean, there's a lot of really great data around there around just what percentage of pipeline should you be self-sourcing if you want to hit and surpass your quota. And it's depending on where you look, some, somewhere between 25 and 40%. This, this outbound skill and being able to, over the phone, be able to convert more than three or 5% of people you talk to into a qualified meeting is really where it's at. You know, I mean, you're all about helping people you know, with your phone ready leads, get pe more people to pick up the calls. And it's also a game as an account executive or any other full cycle sales rep with the limited number of conversations you are going to have, how can I convert more of them, you know, into meetings sure. or at least not lose ones that I, that you lost because you didn't run an effective call. So that's what we're going to dig into today. But I think it's just super, super important right now to be on top of like the skill part. How can we go from three to 5% of our live conversations converting into a meeting to upwards of 30, 40%. Uh, which is totally possible if you're going after good fit prospects and you have a really good message. I love that. And that's where we align so well. Uh, target message channel timing, uh, right? Yep. And the first two things that you just hit on, right? Are you targeting the right people? Are you saying the right things? And today and this whole show is around, okay, let's assume that we're all pretty good at getting a list together. We know, we know that, um, whether we're an SDR and AE that's responsible for proactively filling our pipelines. Uh, we've got some folks that we want to talk to. Now, what do we say? And man, I, I, if you think three to 5% is okay. And Jason's saying it's possible to get to potentially 30%. What would that do? That's huge, right? That at 5%, that's one out of 20 conversations at 30%. That's one out of three, you know, and if some of you are struggling to even get that conversation, that's the difference between, a couple meetings a week versus a couple meetings a month, uh, if you're lucky. And so yeah. let's double click into there, Jason, because you've got two things that I think are really exciting. One is um, the way that you are talking and teaching about just starting that conversation, right? So we do all this work and we get limited number of connects and maybe uh, those, those fall off before we even get to our pitch. And so you have an approach there. And then the second part of Jason's conversation today is going to be, okay, let's, we've gotten past hello. What do we do next? How do we actually effectively communicate the reason for the conversation? And so I'm not sure which one you want to start with here, Jason, but can you walk us through yeah. uh, your approaches here today? Yeah, definitely. I think if you get to prompt the audience with a question, um, am I, is it okay if I mentioned other like data from other vendors not competing with Cognizant necessarily, like a chorus. I, 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 don't, okay I, don't have a, I have no, okay. no problem with data and I don't think Cognizant does either. Uh, they're okay. I don't want to get you in trouble, dude. Um, so um, chorus AI, uh, conversational intelligence software, they have some really good data on the average length of a cold call. Uh, let me know in the chat. What do you guys think the average length is of the tens of thousands of cold calls that people have made through their system and the data? Let me know in the chat. How many seconds do you think the average cold call lasts and we'll see what the five, kind of range is. Charles says five. That's brutal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to yeah, need to get you on here, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> 25. Yeah. So kind of all over the place. So they took the average length of the, the recording and it was about 80 seconds. So that's including the dial time, Ooh. right? So we could assume it's somewhere probably around 45, 50 seconds. And where yeah. people tend to get shut down is in that very like, prospect picked up. Oh, shoot. What do I say? Like that little back and forth right there. That's where the cold call is really like you either bought yourself some time or you got immediately shut down. That's where most people run into trouble. So in that first little part, I, I break up the call into an intro uh, is the, the first part, that first 60 seconds, there's a hook in the middle, and then there's a close at the end. We're going to probably spend a lot of our time on that intro piece because it's really important. So in the intro, my goal is to make an entrance. So just like entering a party or anything like that, or an event or going over to a small group, get together, whatever it might be, I want to make a really good first impression. So a, a way that we can kind of think about this is I always want to reverse engineer 
let me ask you, Ryan, do you ever pick up cold calls on purpose? When I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you can, you might be one of those rare exceptions of people because you're probably like me and you're kind of fascinated with what other people might say and you respect exactly. the craft and all the other stuff. Yep. I think we could, we could agree. Let me know if anyone here in the chat disagrees that your prospect probably didn't pick up the call on purpose thinking it was a salesperson. And then like, they were really eager to hear what you said. That's right. Probably Annette agrees. Tom says true. So since they didn't pick up the call on purpose, we have to immediately add context to the conversation and differentiate from what the typical experience might be like. So if we think about who is going to be calling these people, most of the time it people pick up an unknown number because they think it's an emergency, someone at their school, a kid's school. They might think it's an internal thing. There's all kinds of stuff going on. I want to immediately add context to my intro and I'm going to do three things. They don't necessarily have to be in this order. Uh, I want to gain permission. So some sort of permission-based opener, introduce myself, gain permission. I want to add something relevant to the conversation. That relevance, I want to be about that individual or about that company. Show this person that I did my research. I called you on purpose. You weren't just on a big list I was dialing through. I called you on purpose. And then we're going to leverage what's called a priority drop. So a priority drop is sort of the reverse pitch. So again, if I'm going to reverse engineer this and think about what the user experience is like being on the receiving end of a cold call, most of the time people pick up and say, hey, Ryan, it's Jason with XYZ Company. How's it going? Uh, yeah. Why are you calling? Well, hey, I work with a uh, I run a company called Outbound Squad and we do sales training with other SaaS companies. We do X, like that's the typical experience of a cold call is like immediately get pitched. We want to be the, the opposite slap. of that. It's a pitch slap. A pitch slap. Yeah. That's what it is. yeah. So the first thing that I would recommend is, especially when you're calling executives, the first sentence that comes out of your mouth, what you could do is work in that relevance piece that we talked about. So we talked about permission-based opener, relevance, priority drop. I'm going to drop in something that is relevant to that individual. So I'll give you an example. I work with a company that sells a customer experience solution to Fortune 1000 companies. A specific persona that they work with is customer support. These are people running huge contact centers. And what they care about is reducing cost to serve. So how do we decrease the amount of our employees' time and resources to serve each of our individual customers? So think of like a Comcast or an Xfinity. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of customers. How do we reduce the cost to serve? So in my research, I'm just looking for instances of them talking about stuff like that in their initiatives or something off their LinkedIn profile. And that might sound something like this. Uh, hey, Ryan, I was giving you a call because I noticed that you guys have an initiative just from your Q3 2022 report around reducing cost to serve. Oh, by the way, this is Jason with XYZ Company. You got a minute for me to tell you why I'm calling? So, so you're going to open up with something your, about that person. You didn't even say your name. You're going right after the in this case, uh, the research you've done around an initiative that they care about. Yep. And you could do that in reverse order if you like. So I think the order of this is not necessarily as important as getting this stuff out. But mm -hmm. what I've noticed just in the last six, nine months of working with reps and doing these myself is that uh, most of the time executives are pretty impatient on the phone. And they want to understand the reason for your call. And the reason for the call, I'm going to make up about you. So think about what are the things that you find, it could be hiring, mergers, acquisitions, it could be that you saw on this LinkedIn's profile, uh, in the case of these customer support personas, oftentimes they list out their accomplishments, how much money they've saved the company, you know what I mean? So any of that kind of stuff that you would normally personalize in a first line of an email, I just want you to open up with that in your call. Hey, Ryan, I was giving you a call because I noticed this or about this, or you listed out this priority. By the way, it's Jason with XYZ Company. And then I go into the permission-based element. Do you mind if I take a minute to share the reason for my call and you can let me know if you want to keep chatting? There's lots of variations of what you can do there, but we'll go ahead and pause there, uh, Ryan. That's what I am a big fan of in that first 15 seconds of the call. Well, and I think I think that it's, it's really interesting that there's more and more data now to support this. A lot of times, uh, if you look at different approaches to... Uh, how you enter a call and what do you say next? Historically, it's been based on how people feel. Now it's based on data. So the idea that the average conversation is only 80 seconds, including dial time, which is probably closer to 45 seconds, means that 
and we, we talked about this several times for those who've been here before, it's the pitch lab. Hey, this is Ryan, blah, 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 blah. You don't give a break. You just keep going. It sounds like an auctioneer and it's blah, 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 right? Like they're just waiting yeah. to say, no, thanks. Click versus finding a way to break up uh, the pattern and, and begin a two-way dialogue. And what I like about what you're saying right now is the way your framework works is, is very in line with how Towns and Wardlaw's article calling. I love his framework too. Um, very different, but it's intentional. You're saying the same things, but with some psychology baked in, which is this is interruptive communication, right? This idea that someone's calling because they're, they believe like they're ready to talk to you is, 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 is false, right? They're, it's interruptive communication. All the reasons you listed are likely why they picked up, not because they thought it was a salesperson they wanted to talk to you. And so how do you get that relevance? Uh, Woodward calls it relevant clarity. And in this case, it's, it's it, for you, it's gaining, gaining um, that relevance right off the gate in a unique way is really interesting. And I like the idea that you can tie it to initiative that they should, it should trigger, right? Oh, wow, this is different. Nobody has entered a conversation with some specific information that would likely be relevant for me. Um, my question then, here, Jason, becomes that this is this is primarily, and I'm guessing just based on your approach as well from the beginning, but this this is a very targeted primarily towards the the executives, right? Uh, because those are the ones that are going to care more about some sort of public information about you know an initiative that that was published on maybe their their website or a newsletter or something like that, yeah. right? So do you do you do you actually? prospect at all below the power line or is it is your approach mostly to those folks that care the most yeah definitely this is a great question so and i'll answer some of the questions in the chat too people were asking should you ask how the person's doing uh, so i'll get to answer that question too if you're doing enterprise or strat or even large commercial type of sales motions there's going to be a lot of information on these companies right so you're not there's the amount of companies, the volume is like reduced. So I have more time. It makes more, it makes more sense to spend that time to do that kind of stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. So below the line or on the line. So directors, you know, for example, or someone that's ahead of something. Um, yeah. They're totally worth calling. The way that I can add relevance to that conversation is more through the second part of the call. So maybe I'm just going to say, Hey, Ryan, notice that you head up the sales development team at XYZ company. Oh, by the way, it's Jason with Outbound Squad. You got a minute for me to tell you the reason for my call? And I can go in from there. So call out a job title, something about them. It could be really, really simple. So those below the line folks, it's not going to, you're not going to spend a ton of time researching these people because that meeting is not as valuable to you as with a VP, let's say, or a senior mm -hmm. vice president of something. So the next part, the should I ask them how they're doing? I mean, Gong actually has a lot of data around the how have you been? question. Mm -hmm. So I just get a vibe. Like if the person sounds like they're someone that uh, like when they say hello, what kind of mental state do they sound like they're in? <laughs> yeah. If it's like, hello, you know, hey, this is Jason. You know, if they sound really impatient, I'm just going to get to the point. If they sound like someone that's friendly or willing to talk and engage, then I'll do the, hey, Ryan, I was giving you a call about the initiative XYZ. By the way, it's Jason with XYZ Company. How have you been? That question, there's a ton of data that supports asking that question. And this is a style and preference thing. Yep. How have you been? They tested variants of that against how are you doing? How's your day going? And they found that the how have you been is more like what a friend would ask. And if you can do it in that tone that I did just now too, the prospect is going to think for a second, do I know this person? Right. So I'm trying to get the prospect in this mode of I'm active listening now. Right. I'm not multitasking anymore. You caught me when I was doing email or doing something else. Like I am actively participating in this conversation. I think that the, the permission based opener or just the intro component of it goes right back to this is about finding something that you're comfortable with and, and being more consistent versus like the actual phraseology. Right. So mm -hmm. Yeah, there's data that shows some of these things may work better than others. But at the end of the day, if you can't deliver it with confidence and your tonality's off, you're flat versus the way you're supposed to uh, present in a conversational voice, nothing's going to matter. And so, you know, when, when you're asking these types of questions, um, 
you know, for me, I would say, try it yourself and see what, see if it lands. You know, if, if, if it feels good, you're going to be a lot more successful than if it doesn't, if it doesn't feel natural, you're going to have a really hard time having that conversation. And, and to Jason's point, every individual is not the same either. So it can work for some people and it may not work for others. The real trick here is if you get shut down, this is a real trick on this 45 second. If you're getting shut down with whatever approach it is, then wait a couple of days and call back with something different. And that's where you're going to really see success because that individual from time to time might even open up differently. They were flat one day and, and a little bit more friendly the next day. And so you just don't know. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the power of the follow-up. So with the interest of time here, Jason, I wanted to transition into your concept of the priority drop. What is that? You said it was like kind of reverse pitching. Uh, yeah. Can you, walk so, us through, can you walk us through what that means? Yeah. So we do permission-based opener and Brian says, yeah, go ahead. You got the floor. Why are you calling what comes out of your mouth next? Do not, I urge you to not pitch during this time because you're, you're basically, when you pitch, you're giving the opportunity, your prospect the opportunity to decide whether or not they need your product or service. And a cold call is not the place to, for them to decide that. There's not enough information or context for them. So really what I want to do is get a gauge of what they're working on so that I can cater and tailor my value prop to something specific versus saying we do sales training, you know? So what I want to do here with the priority drop is I don't want to go in really heavy with, we help people who are having these problems because I don't know about you, Ryan, I don't really open up to people I don't know about all my business problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not something that I open up about. So the priority drop is people are wanting to do these things, accomplish these things, but run into these things. So an example of that, we talked about the VPs of uh, customer support, uh, these folks running contact centers. So this is what it's going to sound like. Um, so Ryan says, yeah, uh, go ahead. What's the reason for your call? Well, hey, Ryan, appreciate it. First off, uh, in speaking with VPs of customer support at companies like you know, Comcast and a few other utilities similar to yours, we hear, typically hear a focus around two things. Uh, one is around reducing cost to serve. So figuring out ways to reduce call center volume and get customers to self-serve on the digital channels and PDFs that looks like you guys have on your website. Or two, it's more around agent attrition. So how do we get agents, the tools, all of the stuff that they need to help customers and reduce first call resolution so they can do their job and, and feel good about what they're doing. I'm really curious, are either two of those remotely close to what you're focused on right now, or is it something else altogether? So yep. I'm going to be super specific. I'm going to think about if, if you're an SDR or BDR, I'm going to think about when my account executive hops on that first call and goes through demo with a prospect, what are the big things that these people share that they're working on? Like what are the overarching priorities, the things that are like a 2022, 2023 initiative? And then what's something that tends to get in the way of that? And if you're an account executive or a full cycle sales rep, use the stuff that you learn in the sales motion to inform your outbound messaging. So really think about it. And a question you should be asking in that sales call is, hey, Ryan, before we dig in today, uh, if you don't mind sharing, what what big goals or initiatives do you have over the next six to 12 months that are related to the conversation that we're going to have today so I could make sure this is a good use of your time? And we're going to write down word for word what these people say or listen back to the call recordings or whatever it might be. But I want to incorporate those high level things. And this allows me to filter the conversation because when we hopped on the cold call, there's like a massive amount of things that we could cover that's like this big and talk about. And I want to immediately yep. add context and like pick this little window of stuff to, to talk about that they're going to care about. So that's the concept of the priority drop is how can I filter this conversation, put up some bumper guards, really focus it and make it very narrow and also talk about something that they're working on. And so uh, what I like about this, uh, Sandler, Sandler has an like a version of this where they, they basically are, you know, folks that I talk to, they tend to say they have these types of problems or if not that this way, or if not that way, the way you've framed the priority drops is, is it always two and then opening up a third that's like, or is there something else so that you're capturing that information? Is that by design or is there a magic number of, of, of more than two, yeah. two initiatives? Is there always two and then, or something else? Is that, is that the framework? Yeah. I like two or something else just because it's short and snappy. Uh, Gong has got some really interesting data around this too, around monologues and cold calls. And what they found is that cold calls with positive outcomes, they do have monologues in them that are like around 30, 35 seconds. So it's okay to monologue. 
But once I start to get past 30, 35 seconds, I mean, I'm just like talking at this person. And, and I find that when we have three, it can go on to 60 seconds or so. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want to keep it around 30, 35 <laughs> seconds. If you, if you listen short. to the if you listen to the cold call live, the Sandler folks do love those guys. Uh, they do the live cold call and show with uh, with my channel uh, every week. It gets pretty long sometimes. Like, all right, like what's going on? But it's by design, right? The idea is to to like really be different and and try to hit on something. But two with and or something else to be more conversational feels pretty good. And if you, you know, your advice of actually going in and, and getting feedback from the actual sales conversations and bringing that into the cold call, more people, more often than not, people that you're serving want to know what other people are also focused on too. What are, yep. how do I relate to my peers? How, how do I measure up? Mm. You know, so, so is there a way to present that where, you know, we're speaking with folks like you or what was the phraseology used exactly? Because it, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. On um, priority drop. Hey, in conversations with other VPs of support like yourself at companies like X and Y, I'm going to throw in some social proof right there. Or you could say in our work with heads of customer support at companies like A and B. So think about social proof that you can dump out. And I want to double click on what you said, Ryan, around people want to know what others are working on. That's called an insight. So you have insights to share. So it's at, at, uh, what I've heard this referred to as is a customer voice. I, I really like that. Like I'm going to speak through the lens of my customer. Yeah. You know, I'm going to speak through what these people are focused on and what we help. This is a way for you to talk about what you do without saying we help so-and-sos with this and this and that right. without doing this like long-winded elevator pitch. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it, it, it's a slight nuance, but it makes a big difference in terms of getting back to what we're dealing with right now. From the very yep. beginning, interruptive communication. I don't know who you mm -hmm. are. Why are you calling me in the first place? You set some relevance, some, some context. Okay, this person took some time. Now you've got a shot. But instead of me just pitch slapping, great. Here's what we do specifically for you, which I don't really know yet. Instead, you're you're taking a step back and saying, you know, here's other folks like you, and there's the, the initiatives. Like, is that on point, or is there something else? And now you're back to like, you're going to get a yes on one of those, which you can dive deeper into or something else. And you're going to listen and, yep. and determine is, is it aligned? It may or may not be, but now you're gathering information necessary to inform the next best action into the conversation. So this is, yep. this is awesome. I don't know, um, you know, getting into the second part of this section here, but Jason, I, I know you have lots of content around this. Um, I'm guessing you've probably shared some uh, examples of this in the past. Maybe people can look them up. Uh, if folks want to do a little bit more research on priority drops, I know you and I did a live show before too. We could probably dig up yeah. our show notes, but is there is there a resource center where folks could learn a little bit more if they want to dive deeper into? There you go, already yeah, in the chat. In the chat. There Open you go. up that so document. If, the first page has got like our best content on it for LinkedIn posts. There's a cold calling section in there specifically. Just poke around at some of that stuff. You could see some some good examples. Amazing. All right. So again, if you have questions as well, keep chatting them in there. Tim, we'll try to uh, we'll try to address those at the end of it. But uh, now we want to transition into uh, bringing on some folks on stage. If anyone wants to volunteer uh, to walk us through how they're uh, handling their cool calls today, and we'll go through some um, some pitch feedback. We'll probably have time for two or three folks. Julie, welcome to the show. Where are you calling in from? Uh, I'm calling from Stockholm. Stockholm. Wow. Yes. All right. What time is it over there? Is it like uh... Uh, it's 5.30. Okay. So yeah. perfect time to be cold calling. What are you doing on a show? You should be making calls to the execs, right? Yes. <laughs> well, so to set some context for uh, for our feedback today, Julie, um, who who do you serve? Who are you trying to reach out to? And what do you what do you offer as a as a as an organization? Just to set some context for us in the audience, and then we'll we'll go through a little bit of a role play. Yep, uh, so I'm a BDR team, BDR team leader and uh, I mainly prospect enterprise companies everywhere in Europe and we sell electronic signatures and authentication, uh, which is a way, a way to verify the identity of signatories. Okay, perfect. And generally, who is your target? Uh, the uh, actual individual that you might be reaching out yeah, to for the purposes of uh, the call today? Yeah, 
it's a quite it's quite a large topic i'd say because we have dialogue with legal department it department sales department uh so yeah it's a detective work for me uh, to locate the to find the right person <laughs> i would say oh okay so um for the purposes of the exercise today let's hone in on one that you might be struggling with which one which one of those audiences uh you got you got us on the phone who 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 generally um would you like to try to practice with today it uh, legal yeah i like it people usually yeah okay so we're it and you're going to talk to us about identification electronic signatures fantastic yes. Yes. right we'll get into it so hey this is ryan uh, hi, uh, hi, Ryan. Good afternoon. Uh, you're speaking to Julian. I'm calling from Scribe. Scribe? Yes, S-C-R-I-V-E. We are a company based in Stockholm, and we specialize in e-signing solution and authentication. Uh, I'm calling you because I would like to book a meeting with you. Uh, but first, let me give you a, a bit of context. We work with a lot of companies in your uh, industry, and we help them to digitize the processes. Uh, so yeah, that's why I'm calling you. Would you have three slots in the coming days? All right, let's stop there. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> so we know that th this one isn't as live fire to stop, stop, repeat. I don't know if you've been on those ones, Julie, but we're, this is going to be a little bit low, lower key. Just want to get through the messaging and we'll go back through after some coaching and give you another shot here. But uh, how'd that feel? Yeah. A little nervous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, it's a good nerve wracking making calls in front of everyone like this. Yeah, lots of, lots of nerves, not, not always. Nervous. So, um, so Jason, what, uh, what did you think of, uh, Julie's approach today? So I think first off, uh, love the tone, energy, personality comes through. All of that stuff is really, really good. So we definitely want to keep that up. I got a question for you. What is an IT person? What is a, an outcome that this person is trying to accomplish in their job or a priority or a goal initiative that they have and then the pro a, a, a coupled with a problem that they tend to run into related to your solution? Uh, I'd say compliance, security, and also the fact, I mean, the IT director or head of IT, he doesn't want uh, like problems. So we need to make sure that uh, buying our solution won't be a headache and it will be a, a smooth process. And uh, also, I'd say that um, they, they need to understand quickly that uh, it's not going to change their life. Like we have a list of integration and we can integrate very easily to the existing systems. Yeah. So one more question related to this. So if they're not using Scribe, Aww. what are they doing right now? Is it just a DocuSign? Aww type of situation like what's the yeah. what are they doing right now uh, especially after covid like most companies they have a tool in place um uh it's very rare when uh, people tells me like yeah no we have a we still have a manual process we are a little bit old school it's, it's quite rare so most of the prospect that i'm calling they already have a tool in place but you are mentioning docusign boo <laughs> yeah uh, they are so they are Yes. So Sorry. Why, why do people why do people switch to your tool then? What what is not ideal for an IT person? What problems yes. are created for this person if they're using a DocuSign instead of Scribe? Yeah. Uh, well, our company was built. So we are a European company built for the European market. So we have a legal expertise in the European market, uh, and uh, we we had a lot of customers that went from DocuSign or Adobe Sign to Scribe because of those reasons, because in the end, legal requirements are very important. So yeah, well, it's, yeah, I'm just realizing that it's not really an IT topic now. It's like more a legal topic, but all of this stuff are linked. Yeah, well, it's probably IT's job to execute on the things that legal needs and to make sure it's that they're using software that's compliant and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. the reason I ask you this is that part was kind of missing from the first part of your call. And what I worry about do you get people saying we already have a solution? When yeah, you make all calls? the time. Yes. Yeah, all the time, right? So if we, it's because you're talking about the solution. So when you talk about solutions, I think about as a prospect, do I have one of these? And the answer in your case is going to be yes, every single time probably. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I don't want to talk about the solution. I want to talk and I want to ease my way into that. Okay? So if we were to take that priority drop framework, uh, I speak to a lot of IT folks and they tell me that 
One of the things that is really important to them is making sure the tools they use are compliant in the market, especially the European market. But what they run into with their current tools is that they're not really built for the European market. So they tended to run into problems like A and B. I'm really curious, which one of those have you run into? Or they tend to want to find solutions that to accomplish X and Y. Are either of these a priority for you right now? So I think you need to find a way to work some of that into your intro. Okay. So it's a, uh, hey, Yuli, uh, you know, nice to meet you or whatever you said at the beginning, like your intro was fine. There was a pause there that I would recommend like leaving out at the very beginning. You said, hey, oh, it's, okay. hey, it's Jason with Outbound Squad. Don't pause there. Like keep the conversation going. Go straight oh, okay. into uh, the reason for my call is I noticed that, yeah, you head up IT at so-and-so company. And typically in speaking with people like you, and then I'm going to go into like, what are they trying to accomplish and what kind of problems do they run into? And then just ask them if that's something that's top of mind for them right now. Okay. So what do you, what do you think that that might sound like for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I need to find very precise arguments. Uh, what's what's going to be uh, the best arguments for the IT people? Is that security? Is that compliance? Is that... Uh, smooth process, etc. Uh, or is that features? Because, uh, for example, we have, I'm French, as you can hear, <laughs> and uh, in France, we are uh, less advanced. Uh, in Sweden, I feel that this is like a very modern society, and we have tools provided by the government, uh, Bank ED, so it's an um, it's ap application on the phone, and uh, we, we can authenticate ourselves uh, to, I don't know, websites, etc. So we don't have this in France. We have this in Sweden. So I know that our company, I mean, Scribe can really provide uh, good tools for the European markets. Uh, so that can, like features can also be um, important. Yeah. So that's my feedback. I would figure out how can I work some of this stuff into the intro? I gave you a couple of examples, but... Uh -huh. Folks like you are typically focused on compliance and security and making sure that their tools are built for the region that they work in so they can do X, Y, Z or avoid this problem. Or they're just looking for you know, signature tools and things like that that are easier for their sales and legal team to do that is also compliant you know, with GDPR or whatever the other you know, kind of stuff is. Get that part into your call first and make the prospect ask you what, what you're, like who, where you're calling from and what your product does. Don't start okay. with your product. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Is that helpful? Yes. yes. Thank you so much. Is awesome. this uh, meeting recorded? Are we going to receive the link? Yeah. Again? Yes. You'll. Uh, so all of the previous shows are always on the same link that you signed up for. There's okay. that on-demand library. So this will be available, and Tim will be uh, emailing it out as well, I believe, uh, after the show as well. So you can come back and get okay. some notes from the show. Thank you so much for participating. Thank you. Let, thank you. Let's get one more victim. I mean. Uh, guest in here and then we'll open up for q a if that works jason that was a yep. great insight awesome. i love about bringing on folks like you just different different perspectives on things so charles welcome hey, to the going? show where are you calling it from i'm coming from seattle washington seattle look at that. another washingtonian i'm in uh, vancouver oh nice that's awesome Oh, I, I grew up in spokane myself so oh crazy uh, down cool. down in california so charles uh who are you calling in from? What company do you serve? And, and who do you serve within the organization? Sure. So what does your company do and who do you serve? Yeah, I work for um, an SDR with uh, CR Interactive and we're a tech platform for real estate agents. So um, we provide a website that's integrated with the MLS. We also provide um, digital ad services using Google ads and uh, backend CRM. I think what makes Sierra stand out from uh, our competitors is that we're the only uh, real estate SaaS company that does all three. Most real estate agents will use several other platforms um, for these services, for these solutions, but we kind of you know are three in one. Um, so that's 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 a kind of in a nutshell. And so the people that I, I, I'm uh, reaching out to are uh, usually like you know the ideal size team of agents would be about five, five users on a team. So kind of smaller teams. Um, I wouldn't be reaching out to enterprise teams. Uh, I think 
a smaller percentage of our clients are solo agents, but I think like the five to 20 would be like the uh, uh, kind of the ideal uh, target audience for us. Okay. So a team of five to 20 real estate agents and you have an all-in-one marketing app, right? CRM advertising, so pay-per-click advertising and uh, data. Is that what I heard? It's like it a MLS like data? Yes, it would be like like uh, the agent's website. So if you went to, let's just okay. say, like ryanrealty.com, they have their listings, maybe like a bio of their team, mm -hmm. um, a page of their accolades, things like that. Okay, perfect. Let's go through uh, a section here and then we'll give you some feedback. So, hey, awesome. this is Ryan. Ryan Real Estate, how can I help you? Uh, hey, Jason, uh, I saw that uh, you're a realtor with Keller Williams. Uh, this is Charles of C Interactive. Did you have five minutes for a quick chat about uh, converting more leads to a closed deal? Uh, I'm actually just running into a uh, showing here, but how can I help? Okay, I'll, I'll be real quick. Um, I noticed you have a KV Core website. When I talk to other agents who are also using KV Core, they tell me it's not really delivering quality leads um, and they're not really converting. Does that sound familiar? Uh, I mean, I think they do okay. They have some leads. Mm -hmm. I mean, conversion's on me, right? Uh, partially, I mean, uh, it is, just, uh, I think, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the sort of the platform's, uh, task to, to get, to deliver those leads. How many leads are you, uh, con uh, converting each month? Oh, just a handful. Just a handful. Hey, I got, I, I got to get going here, Charles. Uh, do you want to mind send me, send me some information? I got to get to this, uh, this show in here. Yeah, I would I'd be more than happy to send you an email, uh, following this conversation. Um, do you think that, you know, you could improve the number of leads that you're converting each month because our website is uh, fully integrated with, uh, with the MLS and it's built for SEO um, and lead generation mind. So our digital ad team makes sure that our websites are consistent with Google's algorithm uh, and that's going to boost your rankings. Um, and that's ultimately going to drive more traffic to your website. Would you be interested in learning a little bit more? All right, let's stop there. Okay. Charles, how'd that feel? Uh, a bit nervous. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, nervous. <laughs> real plays are harder than real calls, in my opinion. Anyway, um, so again, uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to Jason. You all hear my feedback every week. Let's see what Jason has for some feedback, uh, probably some questions, and see if we can tune this up a little bit. Is that how a typical call might go, Charles? Is there anything different that comes up when you're when you're making these calls? I will say, so um, I just started this company uh, a few weeks ago. Um, okay. Prior to, I was actually calling warm leads. So it wasn't a cold call. Uh, so I, I don't have, my sample's too small to say, but I will, I, I will say just, um, I'm going to incorporate, I think you call it priority dropping into, into the script because I noticed that I'll start talking to people. I feel like I'm just rambling and they're just like, I got to go and just kind of get off the phone. Mm -hmm. So I think just asking that question, it's, it's, it's a binary answer. It's yes or no, uh, for, if they're interested or not. So, you know, I trying this out, I haven't done it yet, but I would say that the experience I've had so far, most people are just kind of like, you know, uh, who are you? Yeah. And then I got to go or am I interested in kind of just hanging up the phone? Yeah. So, yeah. So let's, let's unpack this a bit. So the intro. The first thing that I would do, let's reduce the friction of, of having a conversation with you. Five minutes feels like a, an eternity to me. Don't ask for five minutes. Ask for a minute. Ask for 30 seconds. Right? So just reduce like the, uh, the effort <laughs> that right. this person has to put in. Hey, Charles, it's Jason with XYZ Company. You got a minute for me to tell you the reason for my call. You can let me know if you want to keep chatting. So you could just start simple like that. Permission-based opener. The next thing that you said, I love that you said, uh, hey, I noticed you have a KV Core website. Okay. What I want you to talk about here before you go into the priority drop is anytime uh, anyone here that has a tool that combines multiple tools into one, if someone's not using a tool like that, they are, to use a, a, a phrase that uh, Bilal Batrawi, one of my, my friends in the space, he uses cobbling together. So I'm going to say, uh, hey, Charles, uh, if you're like a lot of the real estate agents that we work with around the United States or Canada or wh whatever, North America, whatever you want to say, 
Um, or hey, if you're like a lot of the Keller Williams agents that we currently support, you might be cobbling together multiple tools like your KV Core website, your CRM in another place, oh. and then running ads on Facebook and Google AdWords. Does that sound about like what you're doing? Just get some confirmation there. Yeah. Well, the reason I was giving you a call, Charles, is that in the real estate agents that we speak to, what they're trying to do is, and that's your priority drop, they're trying to get more qualified leads to come into their website or convert more of those leads or whatever it might be, right? Or, hey, they're running a, a big team and they need to make sure that these folks have a lot of leads. And on these websites, since it's disconnected from everything else, they don't really know like how much traffic they're getting, how effective it is at, at qualifying. And what we found is that when we can get all these tools in one place, like we've done for XYZ agents, it tends to produce this outcome. I'm really curious right now, like I, I wanna ask some questions around things that they're not able to do. That's the hook part of the call that we didn't really get a chance to talk to a lot about today. But the beginning, I want you to permission-based opener, ask for less time. And then I want you to get into this cobbling together tools. Like you need to start the conversation there and start it a little higher. And speaking with real estate agents like you, they're trying to accomplish X, Y, Z, but typically they're cobbling together multiple tools like the KV website that I saw the social media ads I saw you're running, et cetera. Does that sound about right? And then go into your priorities from there. Okay. And it's it's a it's it's amazing that you might already have this insight around or this information around the website they're using, right? You're I'm on your website right now. It looks like you're using such and such. That's your that's your um, uh, pattern interrupt that Jason talked about in the beginning. You start with there, but before you and then by the way, my name is Charles. I'm with such and such. Do you have a minute? Yeah. Right, so you can even start there with that information yeah. that shows that, hey, I'm sitting on your website right now. I'm just, I'm not just calling down a list of real estate agents in the country. I'm actually on your website right now, and it looks like this is what you're using. By the way, my name is Charles. Do you have a minute? Uh, and then, then you can transition into that priority drop. Um, great opportunity to try to test out some of the things that Jason shared today. So Charles, thank you so much for uh, being a a volunteer here. Hopefully you got a little bit of nuggets uh, and we're going to open up for the Q&A. We only have about 12 minutes left, so I do want to open up for the Q&A for the rest of the group, but thanks for thanks tuning in. Go Hawks. All right. So we only have uh, like 12 minutes left. I do want to open up for live Q&A. Uh, looks like JP, uh, if you come around next time, you can join. We've got start, stop, repeat uh, in two weeks and we'll have another show guest on, but I do want to open up for Q&A because there seems to be like a lot of questions coming in and with Jason's knowledge, I'd love to get um, those questions answered. What tonality do you use in the opener and what pace? I feel like more energetic and sales I sound the worse it is. Yeah, that's probably right, Fred. Yeah. Here we go. What do you thought, Jason? I think with tonality, I, I, uh, I think that people overthink this a lot and they try to sound a certain way. So don't try to sound any kind of way first. Like start, try to start from a pretty neutral baseline don't be super excited to talk to this person because you don't even know who they are. You've never even met this person. So I just try to come in and just very neutral, neutral. I think the thing that you want to do is really slow down though. Yes. You probably want to talk about half as fast as you think that you should talk. Uh, I don't know about you, Ryan. I, I still, every call I make, uh, my heart races as that phones, you know, mm -hmm. I have an Apple watch now. I should probably just look at the heart rate. <laughs> you know, I know it goes up a bit. I can feel my heart beating, you know? Yep. So You'll one know of the when someone answers. Yeah, one of the things you can do as the phone is ringing, just make sure to get a deep breath in. Dude, make sure you're breathing. I tend to, in situations like this or on calls, get short of breath because I'm not breathing because my heart rate is elevated and I tend to talk faster. So that would be the first thing is just be really mindful of the pace that you're talking. Hey, Ryan, it's Jason with Outbound Squad. You got a minute for me to tell you why I'm calling? And then you can let me know if you want to keep chatting. I'm going to come in really neutral. I'm not going to have upward inflections. I'm not going to really do a lot of downward inflections, just pretty neutral. And really, I want to enunciate. That's the biggest thing. Hey, it's Jason. I know you weren't expecting my call. Do you have a minute for me to tell you why I'm calling? Then you can let me know if you want to keep chatting. I want to really focus on enunciating the words. This goes back to the door-to-door -door days when I was selling house painting services. Yep. Person opens the door and it's like, uh, hey, I'm with XYZ Company. And I came by your house because we're going to be uh, painting homes in your neighborhood this summer. Like ha painting. We really enunciate because people are just like, it's like Charlie Brown kind of situation. There's just like a lot of noise coming. Like really enunciate. 
So if I have any tips for tonality, talk about as half as fast as you think that you should talk and really enunciate the words in your opener and, and practice, practice, practice. I think you might've said this, uh, might've seen you or someone else, but the first part of the call, like your opener should be really scripted. Should be oh, super really? Scripted. Very, very scripted. Yeah. It should be like and the same exact thing. Every single time you call someone like that, it should be extremely scripted. So I don't want to have to think about what I'm saying That's right. in the first part of the call. That's right. Write it down uh, and 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 yep. practice the heck out of it. And for Jason's response, everyone that's been here before is spot on to what I'd recommend. It's going to feel weird at first, but try to talk almost at half pace. And yeah. that's going to really help you get through that intro, calm down, get through that intro. And you will start to get signals on, should you speed up? Should you get a little bit more hyped or should you even slow down further a little more energy a little less energy all of those things will come out as the conversation begins remember this is interruptive communication yeah. just like in the door-to-door -door when someone opens is this person here to rob me or what is this all about it's the same <laughs> thing is this a is this a scam call like what is is this an emergency yeah won't the, the charlie brown is perfect i'm gonna start giving you credit for that one one jason says the one one right charlie brown that's what's happening they're not hearing you yeah so you've got to find a way to help them understand who the heck you are why you're calling and all the things that we shared today but it does start around pace probably more than anything else pace is very very important and then tonality will change based on the prospect you know you, that's when the mirroring should come in a bit uh and there's upticks and downticks but enunciation is is really important too yeah. and as you're scripting your your, your intro, make sure that it is you to your point. Like, don't try to sound a kind of way, as Jason said, like that, that that's really important. If it's not natural, it's going to sound like a robot. It's not going to come off no. normal and you're not going to get past hello, you know? And so if you're, if you're looking at the data and you're in that average of 80 seconds or less, you're, you're probably having some problems here and, and try to try to slow down. And that will actually help you get through more of those conversations into the, the actual uh, intent or purpose of the call. Great question. I, I got one uh, more actually just quick thing to add to that smile. This is a personal preference. Yeah. Uh, like what we had in call centers, we'd have a little pocket mirror up on the cubicle and the goal is to see your teeth while you're talking. You know, I want the prospect to see my dimples through the phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like smile, uh, if that's your style, that can be super helpful too. I want to be really hard to say no to. And it's kind of hard in person if someone approaches you really nicely and has a big smile on their face. It's kind of hard to be an asshole to that person. You know what I mean? So like make it really hard to be mean to you or to say no to you. That's that's kind of the kind of the idea here. Yeah, that's not a bad that's not a bad mindset. All right, next one. Can you put it in an email for me? What's the best way to get around this? Yeah. So objections, I think through a three-part framework, it's empathize, validate, offer. So before you handle the objection, just acknowledge what you, what you heard. <laughs> so, oh, Hey, sounds like you want to get a better idea of what this is before you commit to a meeting. No problem. Um, I'm happy to send you an email, but before I do that, I'm really curious, is this going to be something that um, you're going to be looking at? Is it going to be something you're going to want to forward to your team? Get an idea of who it's going to be sent to you. And then I'm just going to ask a couple questions there to figure out like what I could put in that email. Uh, hey, Ryan, you mentioned that reducing cost of serve was a focus for you. Um, is there anything specific that you want to see around how other companies are using digital assets to reduce the cost of serve and get people to you know, call less into the, the contact center? Yeah, yeah, we're looking to do this, blah, blah, blah. See if you can do some light questioning there and get a few tidbits from the prospect. And then we're going to circle back and just ask for the meeting one more time. So Ryan, uh, can I make a crazy suggestion? Yeah, yeah, what's up? Um, all of those things are exactly uh, challenges that we've heard from companies like A and B. Uh, would it be a terrible idea if we just set aside 10 or 15 minutes? I could run you through some of those stuff, share some of the insights. And if at that point, you don't want to talk to me anymore, totally fair, but I, I think there's really something here for you. Do you have your calendar handy? I'm going to go in and ask for the meeting again. We all know here, we've been doing this long enough to know that when someone says, can you send me an email and you send them the perfect email, the response rate is like near zero on that. <laughs> so let them know that you are willing to comply, get a few more questions in, and then ask for the meeting. And so 
context matters around when this is coming up, right? So can you put that in email? Did they say that in the very, very beginning before you even got past hello? Or was this after you've gone through some two-way dialogue, et cetera? So what Jason just shared is spot on. Um, and the most important thing here is to make sure you do follow up. So ask for the meeting, even if you don't get it, still follow up. Getting, um, getting that email out and then following up. Follow-ups have about, I don't know, two or three X increase in conversion. So I wouldn't use it as an objection. There's no way around it sometimes. It's an actual request. And so if you follow some of the tactics that um, Jason just shared, but then also make sure to follow up. And when I mean follow up, like within a day or two, uh, that's when you're going to see that compound uh, effort from phone, email, phone payoff, uh, even if you can't book it on that first conversation. But everything else Jason shared is spot on. Um, it does matter when they ask that question, right? If it's in the very, very beginning, it's likely an objection or a brush off and you absolutely need to get into what Jason already mentioned. Now, if you were to gather some of that information, maybe you can just recap, say, great. So from what you've shared with me today, I'll put into this, this, and this. Does that sound fair? Or would there be anything else you'd like to see? And is there anyone else that's going to no. see it, right? That's another way to recap that. So it depends on when, when that question was asked in the conversation. How do you manage prospects who keep cutting you off from the cold call? Yeah. Interesting. This, this is to your point, Ryan, earlier, where this happens is super important. So, cause someone else asked, you know, if someone cuts me off and says not interested, this is the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If the prospect cuts me off in the very beginning uh, of a call, there's something wrong with my intro. So try some of the stuff we talked about before. Try starting with something relevant and doing a permission-based opener and allow it, like get the prospect to hand you the mic. That's the whole point of the permission-based opener. They're handing you the mic and you can just like, you have a space right there where you can explain the reason for your call. Now, if I'm getting a little bit further into the call and you say the prospect is cutting you off, getting cut off is not always a bad thing. If the prospect's engaged and they're giving you good insights, I'm just gonna let mm -hmm. them talk. Yep. But if they're cutting you off with objections, I'm always going to come from the place of how do I prevent some of these objections from happening? So the way that I prevent most of these objections is I got to come in as a peer and demonstrate business acumen. And I do that through the priority drop. I speak with lots of people like you at these companies and they tell me that they're focused on these things. If you nail that part, you're going to get very few objections where it's like not interested, not right now, I'm about to step into a meeting, all that kind of stuff. If you nail that part, you still might get the, we already have a solution for this and you know, all those kind of stuff. But if someone keeps cut, cutting you off, I think it depends on what they're cutting you off with. If you're getting information from them, let them talk. And if you're getting cut off at the beginning, make sure that you're applying the principles that we talked about earlier today. Yeah, spot on. Sometimes it might be targeting as well. So you know, if you're getting cut off and you are, you know, it's not relevant, you're getting shut down, you may wanna rethink who you're selling into. Uh, if yep. everything else has been shared, it's like, man, feels like, you know, when I speak with certain people, it's working, but other people, it's not. I mean, look at the actual people. And, and, and that's where you can start to do some stuff in the beginning where you drop um, in that relevance piece that Jason shared. I'm speaking with specific titles like sales development leaders, if that was an example. And mm -hmm. sometimes titles are a little bit obscured. So, I mean, sales development yep. leaders is a little bit different. Customer support leaders would be a little bit different. Like someone might have like a customer support, director of customer support. And you think that that's a director of customer support, but you call them and you're like, Hey, I speak with customer support leaders. And like, I'm not a leader. I'm actually just a rep. Well, that's might be the reason why you're getting cut off is it's not going to be relevant for them. They don't, they don't really deal with any of this stuff. So, so also think about list too. Um, and that's where data is going to drive a lot of these potential challenges that are coming up. It's sometimes it's not just what you're saying. It's also who you're saying it to. Um, so keep, keep aware of the target message component yep. um, when you're thinking about that. All right. We probably have time. No, oh, we do not. That was the last question. 20 seconds left. Jason, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence. You dropped some knowledge today. If folks want to reach out to you, I know you already shared a link, which is awesome, but how can people reach out to learn a little bit more about what you're doing and how you're helping others like everyone yeah. here today? Yeah. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I post content every day on outbound and, and uh, selling. And then outboundsquad.com would be a good place. So if you're a rep and you're an SDR looking to become an AE or maybe an AE that's in your first couple of years and looking to just really build confidence and the foundation of sales skills, you're going to find lots of great content there. 
And then if you're a company or sales leader or sales team that wants your team to do some of the stuff that we talked about today, uh, we have programs like that uh, as well. So reach out to me on LinkedIn or at outboundsquad.com, which I dropped into the uh, link and would love to help you out, whether that's with free stuff or let you know about our courses and programs and that sort of stuff. So uh, Ryan and the Cognizant crew, appreciate, appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, thanks, man. This is awesome. And we'll see you all in two weeks for another start, stop, repeat. So if you like to volunteer, uh, make sure to get with Tim sooner rather than later so you can bump your way up to the beginning of the line.